Welcome back. It's time for another Minus 16. Alex, how you keep, my friend? I'm all right. I'm all right. It's nearly Friday. So I'm it's always, nearly Friday. always in a good mood when it gets to this point. <laughs> yeah, we were talking just before we hit the big red button and you said today's not been going quite bad. Hasn't even had a lunch yet today, the poor No, bloke. it's been a, yeah, one, one of those days. Too many <laughs> meetings, back to backs, and literally no time for, for a lot of things. I did get like one hour break where I tried to record a video and even that went slightly wrong. But uh, <laughs> it's so good. Like I said, it's nearly the weekend. So. Well, I had that. I was recording this week's A-roll on Mon- Tuesday and uh, the camera kept overheating. My fault, because this well, obviously it's your old Canon that I use, as you know, and it's got like a 29 minute record time, hasn't it, I think. Mm. And it was a, a 15 minute, should have been about a 15 minute, 12 minute session. And I kept effing up. Uh, so I was having to retake. And of course, being just that long, if I tried to re-record it, the cam would cut off. And <laughs> the amount of times oh, right. I nearly got to the end and, oh no, he's got to start. Uh, pro tip is to use a dummy battery. Which is what I'm doing now. Yeah, do that because then... It doesn't uh, cut. Yeah. Thank you for that. Lesson well learned. My takeaway yeah. for the day has been served. <laughs> my, issue, my issue was this, well, a similar one. You overheated, but it was, I was so dumb. Earlier before, you know, because when you get like one hour in a day and you, you try to jam everything into that yeah. one hour. Yeah. So be, just before I started recording, I, I did a, a so I'll just get a cheeky B-roll of something that I got and then, you know, kind of two minute and set the camera to 120 frames per second, which of course any ah. camera will overheat. <laughs> but then I started to record like 45 minute long video, which is usually how long it takes me to do a 10 minute. Mm. Um, yeah, 10 minutes in and it was like, you got to stop the camera. I was like, oh. Yeah, and of course, because I, I think I've, uh, I think we both use display monitors to look at ourselves when we're recording, and mm. I forgot to look at it as I was recording. I didn't see it come up saying, you got to stop. And of course, oh, I then yeah. carried on merrily going. And it's like, ah. Yeah, the Sony makes a you. nice little beep, which, um, um, yeah. I'll when buy that one recording. when you finish with it. I'll buy all your <laughs> second-hand cameras. <laughs> and also, it's funny, I just saw on Twitter early on today, you put up a, a great tweet showing how many characters and words your next script is. And um, I think you do that. I, I recognise it. It's definitely in, in um, Ulysses. I recognise the screen grab. Yeah, but, yeah. Because yeah, you both obviously write scripts in Ulysses. And I was looking at mine. It was just underneath yours. I was about, I don't know, two and a half thousand words. I think you were about three and a half thousand words. Yeah, I, I normally shoot for 2,000. I think 2,000 is yeah. usually good enough for like an eight minute. Yeah. Uh, and this one, I don't know. I don't know. And it's, it's 3,300 without a sponsor segment which i still have to record so that will add a few hundred words and uh there's also an external shot that i need to add like a call test so it's going to be a bit of a behemoth i may have to cut cut some losses there and make it shorter but i don't know that's it's just it's a long-term review so it, you know it, it warrants a longer video is that going to be this week's video you're working on or future if I can make it, <laughs> if I can make it, yeah. A few more late nights. That's the plan. Not That's the plan. Oh, I, you know, I, I, I promised myself not to do those so many times now. I think I'm at a point where the video will, will be uploaded when it's ready. Um, yeah. I'm not going to kill myself over it. Um, I've decided. Yeah, well, I've been playing with upload times as well. I still try to get it out on a Saturday when I can, but where I had been looking in YouTube studio at the suggested yeah. times, they say your viewers are online. It just hadn't been working for me. And then I was looking back at some of the videos that I'd had better initial mm. views on yeah. and I was posting them for US time. So I was doing them like 12.30 a.m. here, mm-hmm. 
tea time America and it yeah. works a lot better. So, and obviously I can see most of my viewers are in the States. So I, oh, thought, well, I, did, I did wonder why you uploaded so late the other day. I was like, oh yeah. my gosh, that's, uh, but yeah, that makes, I mean, I, I always use that, that, um, mm. that, that, that view because, and even, but now he's, he's saying Sunday is the best day for me. Yeah. I get Sundays as well. Um, like, are, you, okay, are you using a research tab in YouTube? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think I mentioned this before. Yeah. I, I, I think it's useful. And I think I've mentioned it on, on Twitter as well to, to the content creative group mm. or whatever. Yeah, it, it needs to be more useful because I think, you know, it's, it's great, but it just tells you high, medium and low if a term is being searched. Like, you know, if you search iPhone 15 and it will say hi, that's, and, you know, that's kind of obvious. You know, you don't really, that, that's not really a lot of insight. Mm. It would be awesome if it, if it showed like, you know, in numbers, uh, like a, a number of, of people Actual. searching for it. Yeah. yeah. Or it's, it's hot. I mean, I think at the moment it all includes US uh, data it doesn't show globally but do you are you a vidIQ user mm -hmm. yeah, yeah so what, yeah <laughs> <laughs> I have got tube buddy but I use vidIQ so what I've been doing on Sundays now is I try not to work work Sundays because it was just burning me out and mm. it was getting to the point you know what it's like if you do seven days a week because I was then scripting Sundays record Mondays yeah I just thought nah it's not worth it I'll knock it lose it down a week and just have some time out but now on a Sunday I really think about videos and I mm. use the I sort of cross-reference YouTube's research tabs to what yeah. VidIQ on the channel analytics is saying and try and see what people are looking for and try and make video ideas up from that. It's really good. I mean, I'm, I'm using, I'm relying a lot more these days, funny enough. I think it's good to narrow down your ideas, but, and this, I don't know, something that I've been trying, which is actually use the community tab and just ask your viewers <laughs> right, what they right, want right. to see. Yeah. Because, um, you know, this week I had, I recorded, pre-recorded like three videos and I said, okay, well, which one do you want to see first? And they said, this is the one we want to see first. So I, I went a little bit nuts and recorded a few extra bits for it. But I, I think that's important because my last two videos really tanked because I, you know, I knew they would as well because they were completely out there. They're not that. There was know. a gaming monitor, wasn't there? Yeah, that one I knew. And then there was the WWDC one as well, which is, you know, at the moment, my audience seems to be very interested in iPhones or, you know, smartphones in general. So if it's not to do with that, they're not really going to click on it, <laughs> mm. <laughs> which is, you know, which is fine. But it goes, goes through ways. But you can't make every video about a smartphone, but not unless you're Prosper and you just call everything iPhone 15. I no, mean, you just I can't, can't do no. it, can you? No, I mean, and, and I, I will, you know, even cut my losses at one point and just say, you know, I know you want to see more of this stuff, but I need to create other things. Yeah. Um, but that community tab is, is really powerful. I mean, the, the engagement I get on that, let me just have a quick look while mm. we're here. Mm. Um, if I can, because while we're looking that up, I've just got most of this episode this week of the podcast. Alex and I are going to be talking a lot about AI. Mm -hmm. uh, we haven't really gone into it on the previous couple of um, podcasts, and we just thought because we had guests on, so this time we thought it'd just be me and Alex, and we'd actually get to chat a little bit about some of the AI, AI, AI tools that we're using and how they help us out. Yeah, so I just found here that so this is this is a simple thing right anyone can use i think the community tab right i'm mm. not sure if there's a limit on how many subs you need but oh, it's uh, low if it is. it's like a hundred if it's if anything's really low oh yeah so so um i put up it's an image ball which is a new feature as well it's not it's not it's not been there forever but i said you know, what, what videos do, do you want to see these are the three ones that i've got and a thousand eleven hundred people voted on it wow so i would never get eleven hundred people voting on a um on a poll on Twitter, for example, mm, mm. 
Um, so that's a really good sample of people. Seventy percent said, "I want to see a S twenty three Ultra long term <laughs> review." Twenty percent said, uh, "iPad Pro," because I want to talk about the Final Cut and, and the Logic Pro. That's, oh uh, yes. So that, that yes. video is ready to go. That's quite an easy one for me to upload. Then uh, we want to see S twenty three Ultra, and, and the third one was a gaming PC with ten um, percent. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, you know, it is what it is. It's and of course, the exact I know, opposite order, which uh, I you were going to do. It. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, you and I both had problems with reach as well. And then it was, we were chatting and you said about having put a post up again, talking about the community tab. And I thought, well, that, at least that way, as you say, it's almost like safeguarding. Mm. My mm. subscribers at least will know there is a video coming. That yeah. They will see it, even if I can't rely on YouTube, which mm. seems, I know you and I have talked to a couple other people are having issues with not getting the reach that they or the, you know the video is just not getting served out even if you're in mm. your niche even if it's a video that is a perfect fit and match for your channel yeah and your viewers it's it's i know it's odd isn't it it's, you can't predict it at all no and and we're not alone right there's there's a lot of creators out there that i follow you know with in, in different conversations different groups um saying the same thing right it's a bit random right now and and something that i've noticed and um another creator that we know right patrick uh, also mm, notices mm. Some videos are getting to a specific number, specific number of views, like around twenty, maybe thirty thousand views, and then, like, killing it. YouTube is completely like this. There's no other videos on the channel doing well because I understand mm. sometimes, you know, if a video is doing well, it's very rare when you see multiple videos really going for it, um, unless you're like Mr. Beast. But uh, I, I, I think that's really weird. It's almost like they throw it, uh, throw a casting net of no, let's see who's so much in this stuff. video. Yeah. And then eventually they stop it. Um, so it, almost like it feels like unless you're creating something viral, YouTube is not interested in it. And I, mm. I don't know. That's how I feel right now on 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 this sort of, yeah, 20, get to 20K and then the scale. You can see in the graph, it goes one hour is going like 400 views an hour, three, 400 views an hour. The next hour is like 20 views an hour. It's, it's very like... Um, you what know, do you count as abrupt. decent attention on your videos out of interest? Uh, Say also, a 10-minute video, you know, what would you, attention would you expect to get by the eight, nine-minute mark? Um, well, by that time, at 50% um, is, is what I normally get. If it's a, you know, like the, the monitor video is like 35, 40. Um, but halfway through, I'd say 50% is, is what I get. It used mm -hmm. to be a lot lower, but I've been, um, I've been working on it. Uh, you know, we've discussed this before. I've been using some techniques on, even on the scripts, right? Scripts, yeah. To actually keep people interested in what's coming. Uh, doesn't always work, uh, if I'm honest, but it, it definitely improved my um, my retention. Um, also, you know, doing things like adding lots of B-roll. Uh, when I when I compare things, I notice spikes up. Like mm. if you show side by side stuff, people really pause and re rewatch stuff. Obviously, you can't overdo those things, but there are the little techniques you can use to keep people interested, right? Well, again, I know you and I both have a, a love-hate relationship with editing, and we spend mm. probably far too long <laughs> compared oh, yeah, to others and try to make it something yeah. different every week. Mm. And last week, I, I spent a lot of time looking at some creators, and I came up with this idea to make as many frames as I could pop. So you might have seen I had asymmetric text coming in from different angles last mm. week. So visually, mm. I mean, it took me forever because it was a lot of keyframing, but... My retention graph had gone up from about mid thirties to nearly fifty by the end of a twelve-minute video, which for me was the best I'd ever had. Wow! That's, so that's it shows that keeping yeah. that going all the way through. I mean, it's, and it was like Saturday morning. I thought, 
and it's finished. And I thought, no, need more, need more. And you keep on adding. But that yeah. energy, there was a really good video. I don't know if you've had a chance to watch yet that Casey posted yesterday about no, his yeah. brilliant, absolutely brilliant. He really explains why he brings music in on that beat and how he uses music and his process and Mm. from an editor's point of view it's fascinating oh right yeah I'm, I'm really? definitely keen on that because I've been playing with music a lot and that that actually mm. is another uh, little little uh, little hack right that you can use and actually you know when as a viewer I enjoy when there's a little bit of a break and people use tunes and I've got comments saying what was the tune that you used in that bit right and, um, and sometimes I even mentioned what uh, what the music is that's playing you know people, some people like that uh, which library do you use where do you get your music from uh, I use two at the moment. Um, I'm contemplating using a third one, but for now it's Epidemic uh, yeah, Sound. That's what I use. Yeah. And um, I also use this one, which is a bit obscure, called Lens Distortions. Never heard of that one. Awesome. I mean, they are, I mean, they're probably not for my sort of videos, but I use them because I, I think it's really cool. And, and yeah, um, I think they're, I don't, I don't know how they started. It's very niche. It was an mm. Instagram ad, and I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. But I, I do like it, especially well, for the, my intros. Yeah, well, again, I think the last couple of videos I've used music beds throughout. I think this mm. week I'm going to edit differently and go drier and then just try and punch music in at odd points to sort of rate. Again, thinking of something new the whole time just to keep a different... Yeah. Because a, a lot of it, as you know, it's, it's kind of a science. I mean, that's what Casey was talking about when you get to see that. And you kind of got to pamper to what they know works. Mm. And if punching music in at a salient point, at an important point, just to peak interest works, then okay, it's something I'm going to... Yeah. Try using someone and, who's um, sorry to cut you there, no, no, uh, no. David. Someone who's it just popped in as you as you mentioned music, right? And mm. there's this company called Artlist as well, which yes. is really yeah, good. Yeah, 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 I've, yeah, I've yeah. been very, I'm very close to signing uh, a, a term with them because oh, you know, nice. they're, they're really good as well. Yeah, the um, not 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 as a sponsor. I'm talking about as in signing their subscription for yeah. <laughs> oh, I, thought were, I thought they were going to give you a sponsored video. No, it was a me giving money to them. Um, <laughs> No, so, so Peter Lindgren, right, which mm. is, who's an, another amazing YouTuber. Not well, yeah. So he uses Artlist, I think, and he promotes them uh, quite a bit. But yeah, he, he, there's quite a few videos where he, he goes through his process as well of, of adding music, and especially when he uses like time lapses and stuff like that. Yeah, it just, it does make a big difference in any video to add, you know, to add some sort of, yeah, a bit of a, a, a dynamic of, I don't know, it makes you feel something. Right, when you mm. listen to music, it's, it's quite it's quite interesting. And speaking of music, that's a really nice lead on, actually. I hadn't put it on our little list of things to talk about, but of course, mm. Final Cut on iPad. Now, yeah. I seem to be the one person standing solo saying, what is the effing point of editing on a 12-inch screen? I can't think of anything worse. I'm not even <laughs> getting that far. I mean, let's have a conversation about this, right? Because okay, I think people, people might be interested in this view. Yeah, view absolutely. Points, I'm, yeah. I'm not even getting that far, to be honest with you. But let's just hear what, what you think is... Well, okay. Yeah, what's so your point of view there? The, my, my first point, uh, hands up, of course, I'm not a Final Cut editor, so I'm one of the dinosaurs out there that's still using... Uh, oh, premiere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's about three of us left and me, Lilo, and one other person, I'm sure, we're holding strong. Um, oh yeah, the, of course, Premiere Gal. Us three are the only people I think still using Premiere. I love it and I know mm -hmm. people said it's been glitchy and slow and laggy. Honestly, they one of the things of going on subscription basis, of course, is it means you regularly get meaningful updates and any lag or problems with that, I haven't touched wood, I haven't had any beach balling in ages and I'm throwing no crashes. Room, no crashes. And I'm having a lot of effects as well on there at the moment. Hmm. And it's, I'm not having to go, I'm playing back at full resolution. 
So I awesome. haven't got a okay. reason to think to change. Now, okay, so that yeah. means I won't be using Final Cut on the iPad, but the mm -hmm. video that I put out last week was about the studio display, and that's a 27-inch display, and I do the, the slightly better display, of course, is the MacBook Pro that I've got. Yeah. But again, even though that screen is marginally better, I colour grade on that, but then mm. I do all the actual editing on the timeline. On the biggest display that I can find, I right, right. just find it so much more comfortable. And I don't, I'm assuming the timeline in, in Final Cut is similar. And I've seen screenshots of it and it looks very similar. It's a different experience, but the, yeah, the, the any, any editing software is the same sort of concept, right? It's left to right sort of yeah. timeline. Yeah. So then, interestingly, one of my readers over on Medium made a really good point to me. He said, you're looking at this wrong. It's the entry level to Final Cut. Maybe students who haven't got enough money to buy Macs initially will start editing on the iPad version. And it's not quite the same having mm. read about it now. There are a few tools missing. Um, and then progress to a Mac. So my points, I guess, to you would be, A, editing on, again, you're heavy in editing, oh, editing yeah. on a small screen. Um, file transfer back and forward from a, a Mac onto iPad via SSD. That's, yeah. That's that the big one for me. Yeah. And I mean, exporting clearly would be okay. But again, yeah. you're doing everything on, well, it is down to storage and file. I mean, this is the biggest problem Apple have got with their phones, for instance, at the moment, being, you know, such huge files. If you shoot mm. in ProRes, you can't get the things off. It takes, well, when I used to shoot my videos on there in ProRes, it would take an hour maybe via image capture and a lightning cable to try and get the file off. It's just unmanageable. So Apple yeah. clearly need to address that. So where's your take on it? Because I saw you put so, a tweet up saying that you're looking forward to it. Yeah, so, so I think, you know, we, I always like to, I mean, I'm very quick to criticize App, Apple on, on anything that they do these days because they, they've been annoying me a lot, especially when <laughs> it comes to iPads. But they have answered a question that we've been asking, right? We need pro apps on the iPad. So I think they, they've kind of, doing that, um, which, is, which is good at, at, a, at a surface level. When it comes down to um, using iPad, and I had to ask myself, because in the video that I was, I'm making about the iPad, mm -hmm. I've already recorded some of it, uh, I had to think, well, who is this, who is this for, right? Because I've seen some of the early, you know, the, the things that they, they put out on what it's doing and the limitations in there, but also what you can do on it that you can't do on Final Cut. For the for, for the Mac, so the first thing that kind of you know st st um, st stuck with me was they're, they're aiming this at people who are using the iPad, the iPad Pro in this case, for recording as well as editing. So it's kind of you know kind of a, a content creation that is not for us. You mm. know, I'm, I, I just I'm putting myself completely out of the target market because I will not use the, the iPad to record. No. And yes, you can record in a camera and then send the send the you know, plug a USB uh, reader or some sort, a card reader into the iPad and get the files in. But that's a one-way trip. And that's fine, right? If, you, if that's what you're doing, if you, your, your iPad is your main thing and you, you can then take advantage of the pen, the yeah. pencil. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, the animation that you can do with the pencil, I thought that was awesome. Mm -hmm. But for me, it, it comes short when, it, you know, for example, I would love to start start like my day editing and then guess like, I don't know, 4 p.m., 5 p.m. So I, I want to go home now and I don't want to carry my Mac or I don't want to carry my MacBook Pro. I just want to take the iPad and finish it at home while sitting on the couch with my yep. pen and adding yep. some effects. But you can't do that. You can't export 
the Final Cut project from the Mac and use it on the iPad. You can do the other way around. So you can go from iPad to Mac. Yeah. But not back again. Yeah. And it's weird because Logic Pro, conversely, you can do both ways, which would be awesome for music creation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, with videos, that, that, that limitation is a big one for me. And then you mentioned earlier, right, storage. Mm. You can't use external storage. Um, I'm sorry, man, but <laughs> I mean, earlier, it was a mistake, right? But I recorded a video, it was a 10 minute on 120 frames per second, which in B-roll terms will be totally what I do for, for a lot of my videos. That's yeah. 150 gig. Mm. You know, you only need a handful of videos then to fill up the, your, your storage. So I think they're obviously making sure that you don't clog up the iPad and, and forcing you to keep, keep, it, keep it small, keep things like, you know, short videos. So shorts and TikToks and that kind of thing. Well, yeah, because there's also the feature of, of making things vertical automatically. It's all good stuff for, I mean, if, if you're starting content creation today and that's all you had, that's awesome. Um, but I think when you get to a level where, you know, like ourselves, we're adding B-roll, we're adding, you know, 10, 15 minutes of talking head, you know, using, using proper cameras, you know, professional mm-hmm. cameras, mm-hmm. It's, it's just not going to work, you know? So, so I think that's, that's a, an issue. The subscription, I think it's fine. You know, five quid, oh, five dollars oh, or whatever. That was stunning. That really yeah. caught my attention. How they can, I don't know if it's almost a lost leader. They want to attract, now they've got pro apps. They want mm. to get as many people using them. Because it's, Final Cut's about $400 to buy, isn't it? Something like that. 300, yeah. And they're doing it for five a month. I mean, that's a lot of months. Yeah. <laughs> it, it worries me because he's one of those things, right? It, it, we start this way. Trickle, trickle. And then, oh, by the way, at the Final Cut Pro for the Mac, we're going to go subscription as well. And at that point, you, I might say, do you know what? I've, I already pay for my Adobe mm. Creative Suite. Because so you I've use got Photoshop Premier and Pro, even, yeah, though, yeah. even though I don't use it. So I'll say, I'm not paying two subscriptions. But, but yeah, hopefully that, that won't happen. But. I saw, I was watching the creator talk about this mass swing at the moment over to DaVinci. Yeah. And I think he was saying on his that Final Cut hasn't had an update and he can't remember how long because it's almost like forgotten. They bought it, paid for it, you've got it. So is that right? There hasn't been any updates yeah. to it for, like, yeah. Well, 10.6 10. is, I think, or 10.5 or something is the current one. But in the fine print of Final Cut, uh, that's coming for the iPad. They said that it, it will need, on the Mac, it will need a 10.6.6, which is suggesting that they will update it now. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, there, there are a few, th- I mean, they've done some real, I mean, their, their latest update was actually decent, right? They, they added um, a voice thing that, that recognizes noise and removes. Um, oh yes, I've heard people talking about I forgot about what that. it's called actually. I use that every, I mean, every video is the first thing I do is you, you, you know, it's almost like a, a clean, clean the audio button. Um, so yeah, it's, it's exactly what I do because I, I, not a lot, of, again, it's having done so many interviews online over the years with radio before this, mm. people don't realize even, well now of course we're on Riverside, it's much, much better because we're recording yeah. locally, but there's still just a little bit of interference that you get through Room recording. Noise, right? yeah, uh, so the first thing when I EQ us, because I always take our audio, put it into separate tracks in audition and mm-hmm. I DSS, I compress this slightly and use a noise remover. I've got a Waves. Pl- Waves, that's somebody else that's gone subscription now. They are, I can't believe a plug-in company's gone subscription only. That just sounds ridiculous. Yeah. But anyway. It's the I, way I of the world. First yeah. time, it's always get the. So long story, presumably you've got a video coming out about Final yeah. Cut and Logic. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It would be mostly about Final Cut because, you know, I'm not really, I don't produce music. I used to back in the day, 20 years ago or something. 
but yeah, I don't do it anymore. So it wouldn't be fair for me to to make a judgment on logic. But I do know that they are, yeah. I mean, what they're doing there is also incredible to use the pencil to to edit tracks and, and things like that. It's yeah, it's going to be really really cool for people. They've got white balance on the camera now, haven't they? Which has made everybody think, well, that's coming to iPhone. Yeah, and, and I think that's that's all good, right? And if that's your your setup and and you're happy with that, then this is going to be awesome, right? Uh, it it does do something to the iPad that we've been asking for, uh, iPad users have been asking for, which is, you know, you're giving us the M chip, not once, but twice now. Uh, you're giving us more memory, more more SSD space. What for, right? To, mm. to, to run what? <laughs> you know, so Procreate, I mean, Procreate does use a lot of memory and stuff, but you'd have to have to use a lot of canvases, you know, go really blown out uh, mm. canvases to, to utilize that power. So arguably, the iPad Pro from 2018 is just as good as the one that you've got now. Everybody says that was a sweet spot. Uh, everyone keeps saying that 2018 iPad was as good as it's got, yeah. has been. Yeah. yeah. Do you do all the audio editing for your videos then in, directly in Final Cut? You don't take export it in? I do now, yeah. So when I first started, when I moved from Premiere, what I was, what I was doing was recording audio separately. So I'll then take the audio and put it in Audition, treat it there and then export it and then, then sync up in uh, Final Cut. Mm. But I just, um, I just found it easier to record the audio. Now, on the Sony camera, I've got this XLR going straight into it. So the audio is being recorded into the video track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but I still go into in, in Final Cut and do the, I think, sort of voice, voice isolation. Uh, a little bit of EQing, not, not too much, but it's all there. It's all, I mean, mm. to be fair, that's quite intuitive and you don't need much, much else. I mean, my room right now is, is the problem. Uh, As in because doesn't matter. Yeah, it's, it's it's echoey. Right now, I've mm. got a lot of panels and blankets in front of me here. But mm. uh, when I get a proper carpet and better treatment around the room, then I'll probably won't need to, to do a lot of audio editing. Yeah, because I mean, your space is is big. I mean, I know you've got that other room mm. you're hoping to turn into a podcast room, which would be better because it's a nice small square box, which is yeah. perfect for a studio. Um, but I know your space is actually very large, and so and it's got a lot of windows as well, hasn't it? Yeah, it's, they're quite very old, very industrial-like windows. So there's traffic noise. There's a lot of stuff. I need to do a lot of work to get the audio here to to be controllable. But yeah, it's um, yeah, it, it's it, it's good enough to do the voice isolation in, in Final Cut mm-hmm. because it does remove a lot of the mm-hmm. crap. Well, you can see because I've got these Art Novian panels, and they all. So when I moved here, I was still on radio, and I had mm. a company come in and measure the room and acoustically measure the room. Yeah. So I've got really good sound treatment, really, really professional grade sound treatment here. But of course, I don't mm. record the pod, the uh, videos here. I do the podcast here because it's a much quieter space. But my mm. recording space for the videos is not, it's a sort of probably about half the size of yours. But again, it's an old building facing yeah. the main road with a hospital a few hundred yards away. So the amount of times I have to stop us, I get sirens. sirens going past. <laughs> I'd yeah. be in the middle of a really good take. Oh, shit, no, I've got to start and it's always when it's, it's always when you press record, right? It seems yeah. like either you only notice it when you press record or they, they wait for you to press yeah, record. Yeah, get poorly <laughs> later, can you please? I'm busy. I'm being creative. Don't interrupt me. That's right. So talking about um, creative, we said we we're going to talk uh, quite a lot about AI um, mm. on this particular episode of, of the poddy. And yeah. there's a lot going on with it at the moment, a hell of a lot going on with it, isn't there? Now, mm. Let's just start off with something that you've been championing, and that's Gling. Yeah. I had a brief look at it this morning. So kind of talk 
me and us through it, what it does. And how did you come across it? Because it's a really obscure one, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I follow this chap called Raphael. I think I, I will butcher his surname, but it's Raphael Ludwig. I'll, I'll send you his link so you can you can put it on the on the show notes. But um, yeah, was it on it, Twitter? It, it's just a video that popped up from him on um, yeah, it's on Twitter, but he's he's on YouTube as well. Yeah, he did a video about this this AI tools for video editing, and I was like, okay, I'll, you know, I'm interested. I, I've actually um, Premier Gal did a similar thing as well. Mm. You know, I'm always interested in in making my life easier like you know last last summer and this is where okay i'll i'll, I'll give you the punchline in a minute but in terms of how much money and time is saving me but so i checked this tool out and it, all it does is is obviously taking uh you know this automation and figuring out where there's a silence or where the, where you screw up and and removes those things and then it spits out like takes about four minutes five minutes for for a long term for, for a long video like mine of, of 45 minutes it takes about four minutes to to finish the processing and then it shows in a page what is done you know so you can either correct it yourself so actually that bit i didn't screw up the bit i, I want that to stay or it actually yeah i want to cut just this part of the phrase or these three words within that phrase it's amazing and then it generates the cuts so it spits out this xml file and what's amazing for me is that he, he, I use multiple cameras, so mm. so that that's going to be a problem for me. But actually, it, it spits out a file that you can then use for multicam as well. So you only need one bit of the footage, so one video file, and then later you can add the second part and sync it up in Final Cut. And honestly, the the number of hours that he saved me. So I'm like, that's what I said earlier, right? So there's 3,300 words video. It's easily for me a two-day job just to cut the A roll, mm, but now it's, mm. it's a few minutes, mm. and that for, that in itself is is um, yeah, it's gold dust, right? To to save that much of time, but not only that, right? It, it's just very smart in in how it it understands which bit you you screw up. I mean, it's still you still have to go back manually and and, and correct it a few bits, but so if you're starting a sentence and kind of just saying, you know, this iPad, I wish. This iPad, and it will pick up when you get the full sentence and we'll just yeah. cut out the, yeah. the cock-ups. It, it, it knows that the two times you, you screwed up and didn't finish the sentence are the bad yeah. takes. Yeah. And the ones where you finished <laughs> it is the good take. And then if in, later that in that sense you screwed up again, it will, it will keep the good and just start again the, the whole process. Fascinating, amazing. I'm pr I mean, this is very early days. They haven't even mm. figured out how to charge people. So them, at the moment, they're only relying on, on donations. Oh wow! I think it's awesome. Definitely worth a check. I mean, I I'll put a link to it in the show. I notes. did a video in Portuguese. So <laughs> I, I've got a, I've got a project where you know hopefully I'll be able to share more about it later. But I recorded a video in my own language, which is a lot easier for me. You know, I probably didn't need a script. Um, but yeah, I used Glink again there, and it was unbelievable how, how it, even in Portuguese it, it did the job. Because another buzzword for video editors at the moment is editing by text, isn't it? A lot of people seem to be going that swing. I mean, yeah. I, does Final Cut have text, generate text? Because I know Premiere sure. was one of the first. So Premiere, again, I mean, giving away one of my production tips now, because after we finish recording, it probably takes about, I guess, three hours work for me to get this ready to upload. Yeah, the transcript stuff. Yeah, I've, I've seen that before, yeah. So now what I do, what I was used to do was listen to a, a whole hour, hour 15, to find time markings for the podcast and for, you know, to stamp it. Mm. Whereas now I can just look at the text and see what we were talking about. Yeah. And I can, t so it's saving me 
a good hour of listening time, which I, I you know, I, I don't need to obviously be doing. Yeah. And so I haven't edited by, or that put it this way, that's as near as I've got to editing by text. Yeah. Um, so it seems that definitely a lot of editors are going that way. It is good. At I mean, the, moment. The, the, the problem I've, I've got, I mean, I've tried uh, something called, I think it was called Descript or something. Descript. They, they do exactly that. Yeah. But it wasn't, it didn't feel natural because it, it literally is an abrupt cut as the words uh, finish. Whereas mm. I found with Gling, it, it, it leaves you a little bit of a gap, almost yeah. like, you know, for, even though you're just breathing or the conversation sometimes, you do have a pause to think. So it doesn't, doesn't remove those pauses. Yeah, so it's natural. Is, yeah, it feels natural, yeah. Mm. Descript actually was my first brush with AI probably about mm. three years ago. Right. And the reason I started using it was nothing to do with text. It was they had the best studio enhancer for right. crap audio. So when mm. I was recording, saying somebody's, you know, changing was a gig or something like that, and it's really reverberant, there was noise, yeah. people walking, cutlery, I would try to EQ it. And then I heard about Descript. You just send it there, upload it, you hit studio effect, and it's just amazing. And well, that was the first time I'd heard yeah. of Descript. I mean, Adobe which, are doing something incredible yes, for, for podcasts as well, yeah, which is, yeah. yeah, again, you send it up there and it, it spits out this clean audio. It's amazing. Yeah. So moving on past Glyn, you sent me oh, a screenshot. Hey, hey, hey. Here's the punchline, right? Let's, let's talk about how much money is saving me. So last summer, yeah. I I hired someone like a temp to to come and help me. Oh, I remember you mentioning that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was it got so busy by those Apple products, Samsung products, you know, a lot of videos coming out. Editor, and yeah. Like, and yeah. And I really tried to, you know, grow the channel at that time because, you know, if, if you miss those busy periods of, I think it was tech timber, we called it, right? Um, yeah, you, you kind of, you missed it, you missed it, right? There's, there's not going to be another another busy uh, time like that. There was the Apple Watch Ultra as well. There was a mm -hmm. lot going on. Mm -hmm. uh, so I got this guy, I said, look, I just need some help. Just just do the A-roll cutting. So I, you know, trained him up, spent a, a couple of days saying, you know, my my techniques, you know, how I want to cut it so it's not, doesn't feel weird when, when, you, when you're watching it. Um, and yeah, so he was doing that and I was costing me 150 quid a day, 150 British pounds. It's almost $200 a day. And he was doing, you know, maybe one day, sorry, one video a day if he was, if he was feeling productive. But, you know, he wasn't that straightforward. Sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, you take him two days to finish a video, which was a lot of money. Mm -hmm. um, and but you're not, not a lot of Guaranteed to make back on, are you? No, you're not. And, you know, some of those were sponsored and, and whatnot, but... Still, it, it, now, I mean, at, at the moment, it's costing me nothing. And it, mm. it's doing that same job, exactly. The result I'm getting is the same, well, if not better, but within minutes. That's uh, mm. <laughs> like, you know, th this is when you realize AI is not, you know, it's not a joke uh, for, for productivity anymore anyway. No, I mean, uh, I wrote about, I've written quite a lot about AI recently. And mm. there, there is a, con I mean, I'm not going to be one of these naysayers that's going to say it's gloom and doom. Clearly, mm. there is a worrying side to it. I know, you know, if somebody nefarious wanted to do something dark, yeah. so, sure, but there's a risk to it. But that's not, mm. I'm not going to get onto that whack bandwagon. The only worry I have is what we as humans will end up doing because everything that you thought was a, a given that we'd have to have a person, a radio presenter, that will vary. I mean, Spotify already got radio channels that are fully interactional but mm. are totally AI generated. So if radio hosts go, podcast hosts go, you know, it, 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 it's getting to that point of 
what we're going to have so much spare. How do we earn a living? What do we do? Yeah, <laughs> it's probably not I going to affect our generation. But I think it's, it's quite. I mean, I know it's possible today, even right, to, to put words in your image and generate yeah. a, a, you talking as if it was you. But I think ultimately, you know, creativity and and being being humans, you know, there's a lot to be said about just the way you act and the way mm. you interact with other people. Conversations, right? To have a conversation. It's going to be really uh, difficult to replicate that in, in AI. Possible, but it's, it's probably not going to feel the same. Even today, right, when you get, so ChatGPT is a big one, but, you know, Google are doing a lot of work on this and they've, mm. they've uh, Bard has been around for a while, but they're now really pushing for it, for, for it to be used. And, and there's some great stuff coming out, like, you know, on an email, being able to respond and just say, respond with these targets, right? And just, and then, and then elaborate on that for you. So I think that there's a lot of good use. Um, but yeah, I, I, just, I find it, I find it's, it's going to be better to use it as a, as a complement to, to creativity yeah. rather than replacing. Because you know, I've seen some people try to create an entire video, for example, just based on a, a chat GPT script. And you just end up sound, sounding like a, an article. And mm -hmm. And, and I'd, I'd, so yeah. that screenshot you sent me, I will actually edit it on. If you're watching a podcast, I'll um, mm. I'll edit the, the screenshot Alex sent me on. So just talk us through that because that was basically a, a script generated by Chat GPT. I take it. You no, know, that was Google Bard. Um, right. I think Chat GPT will probably do a better job. Google it was very limited in in the response. But you know, when you say, okay, I need because in that case, I think you spit out maybe 400 words, and I said, okay, but I need 2,000, and he came back with 700. So. You know, it's, it's probably not that clever yet, but, you know, the, the factual information was there. It was well-structured. It's not something that I could read and, and make it into a video. I'd have to edit the heck out of it. Mm -hmm. But it's something I can put on the side and then in my own, in my own script, refer to it, uh, you know, for, for data points. So I think in a way, you know, it, it keeps you honest because you might not have thought about something that you came up with. Because I just said, you know, build me a... I told it, first of all, said, oh, you are an experienced uh, tech reviewer. As an experienced tech reviewer, write me a script for, for this bit of kit. And it did an amazing job, right? And I, I was really not expecting it. And it's within seconds, that's the scary that, bit. Yeah, the speed it spews it back yeah. up. I think much like you, that's the only time. I've used it for titles. Mm. And again, it gave, but again, vidIQ does that, doesn't it? It, you, it gives you a, a suggested title. I don't mm. find theirs are as good, but when I've used chat, I also use one called find, P-H-I-N-D. Mm -hmm. And again, that has a similar effect. So if I'm stuck for a title, mm. I'll use it there. And I did once do exactly what you said. I, mm. I think it may have been on a watch or something. And I just said, and again, it gave me the framework of a script. And if anything, it was, have I overlooked something? It was just gave me, yeah. a, you know, it was a useful tool to use in that way. Yeah, I think Casey Nastat did, did a, a good example of what it would be. I don't know if you saw that one. Where I have, yeah. It was in, an entire video, including the shots that, it, you know, it was, it was meant to do. Yeah, it was horrible, right? And, yeah. But I think it, it, would, it will get to a point where we can even say, you know, use B-roll and, and generate generate B-roll automatic. That would be oh, amazing. But, in um, fact, I tell everyone it was, for, when I did that video about the 25 years of iMac, I, that's the one I put in. And it actually said, put a picture of Steve Jobs here, put a picture of a G3 iMac here. It was telling mm. me, literally idiot-proof what to do and yeah. insert music here. It was, you know, that finely tuned. Yeah. It was quite amazing. Because, of course, Google I.O. was 
was last week. First of all, did you spend any money on Google I.O.? Did you buy anything? Uh, well, yeah, the Pixel Fold. Um, but I, I already know I'm not keeping that phone. It's just, you know, it's my job, right? To, to review, review tech. Mm. So, um, mm. and, and because the, the Pixel Fold, sorry, <laughs> the, the Galaxy Fold is such a, a popular device for my viewers. You know, they, they probably want to want to see a comparison. But I already know, based on just looking at uh, what Google presented, that it's not going to be, it's not going to be for me. But at their event, of course, they gave over a lot of time early on to AI, and mm. people making the point that Google have very much got everything to lose yeah. and nothing to gain. Mm. Um, I was listening to the Vergecast last night, and they were explaining just obviously how much revenue Google has made. And again, I'm sure mm. most of the people that listen to this podcast are pretty savvy, but of course, up until now you Google something, you search something, which means you're going to a website. Those websites have got adverts. Google make money. The website makes money. Happy days. And of course, now if we're going to go the AI route of just asking a chatbot, that suddenly slices away a massive, massive part of their revenue income. It's gone. So Google have got a lot to lose, which is why I think they need to make sure they're at the forefront of getting it right. I'm sure they, I mean, I've already started to see some uh, companies is being spun up on, uh, spun up on, uh, like fact checking, yeah. because you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how do you trust what AI is saying, right? Mm. You know, how how do you know that's true? And actually, there in in the thing that um, I got back from, uh, yeah, it was I think it was, yeah, it was, it was this thing that I sent you a screenshot of. There, mm -hmm. there, there was an incorrect fact in there. I was like, okay, but you know, that's that's the point of there will be opportunities. That will that will be generated by AI, for example, making sure that it's factual, factually correct. But yeah, I think I think we need to embrace it. Right? It's not going anywhere. It's, it's only going to get uh, more popular and, and yeah, perhaps yeah. even more intrusive. In <laughs> fact, it was again somebody else on on Medium this week wrote a response to one of my AI mm. yarns saying that his kids' teachers are using it as a fact check for the essays they're being handed in. <laughs> so it's where he get that. You know, they are teachers and, and, and professors and so on are using it as a fact checker, which yeah. kind of makes some sense. Yeah, and I mean, kid, that, kids will pick up on it very quickly, right? And it, it's, of course. Uh, I think it's going to be tricky to to then verify, you know, how do you know that the kid wrote that? And I think that's where in-person relationships will be important because you're like, okay, you wrote you this. You know the style, yeah. Can you tell me more about it without looking at the paper? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And at that Google event last week, the one that really got my interest was Music LM, mm -hmm. generative AI. So yeah. again, it's taking this whole idea. You can now tell it's very early on. I mean, what they're generating at the moment isn't brilliant. It was but gock, wasn't it? I mean, I, I skipped through that, to be honest with you. I, uh, yeah, it was a little bit... Uh, it was right on my street because, yeah. of course, it relates to the old production music thing. So, you know, yeah. if people haven't caught up on it, there is, if you go to my Medium page or my website, you'll find an explain about it. But basically, you now tell Google LM, I want a piece of rock music with some guitar, with a sax solo, and it will do its best in a jazz style or whatever. And it's all done. It learned, it was apparently, it learned on 280,000 hours of music. Now, the arguments that are already starting. And this has actually got family pertinent to me because my daughter mm -hmm. is European marketing for a big BMG music. So mm, okay. it's all to do with licensing. So for her, you know, people's content and is, is their living. Mm. So now, of course, people are asking questions. Well, whose music was Google LM listening to to teach it rock, to teach it jazz, to teach it country? 
and you know they need to uh, this is where it's going to go next I'm sure is, yeah. is finding out what music library they were listening to because at some point that's even if it's got just the lick of or the style of or chords based on somebody well that's mm. still their content that's still their 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 living yeah. and this is the intra- like because at the moment Google is saying you can use that music on a video it wouldn't get a copyright strike interesting yeah that's yeah and I've seen in the uh, kind of photos and and so, so you know stock footage as well being generated even you can tell it's being generated by but people are making money from it they're mm-hmm. selling that as their as their work only because they they generated a prompt right it's like uh, I don't know. I don't know how yeah. I feel about that because it's like you know, as an artist, if if I was an artist or a photographer, I would I I would look a little bit, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't like that, right? Because like, oh, hang on, I actually learned my craft. Uh, you know, it takes time for me to you know all the equipment that that I go and take a shot of something, and you've generated that automatically just by saying, yeah, you know, by asking a tool. Because that well, Dali was the that one last year, wasn't it? That was the I think that was the first one that came so sort of fairly mainstream when people started realizing that you could generate images through spoken, you know, generative. Yeah, uh, and I think okay, that's a, you know, it's it's nice. It's, it's a bit of a, a gimmick almost, right? To to, to be able to to do that, <clears throat> but when you start commercially taking advantage of it, I, I, I don't know, I, I I don't know how I feel about that to be honest. Yeah. And, and I yeah. think music would be the same, right? So if, if I generate just based on my prompt a bit of music, um, can I can I sell it? <laughs> yeah. Well, like yeah. you say, can you put I, it in a video and make money from it? It's just interesting. Yeah. They're certainly saying there's no copyright strikes. Mm. I mean, you wouldn't want to use it at the moment. It is very, and equally, the file it spews out is very low. I think it was 16-bit or something and mono. I, I mean, it's I still did hear they, some of it. Yeah, it was yeah they made hands. it. Yeah, it sounded almost like Rolf Harris's Star Wars thing. That he had yeah, back yeah. in the set, it sounded awful. But the basic concept is there, and it's clearly only going to get mm. better and a lot quicker. And of course, following on on the AI wagon this week, Apple have made their announcement. They had three things they launched, which was assistive access, live speech, which is the interesting one, mm. and detection mode. So these are all aimed at people with cognitive diseases, wasting diseases, people that might be losing the ability to speak or losing their voice for whatever reason. And the live speech is basically, while you're still able to speak, you read a random 15-minute-ish line of text that Apple gives the user. Mm. Once it's done that, on device, it learns your voice, it learns your intonation, it learns your style. Right. And from there on in, you've still got a voice. So if anything were to ever happen that you mm. lose the ability to speak, your device can still speak to family and loved ones as if it was you. Not like Steve Hawkins. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, yeah, I mean, obviously it's taking on a little bit, making it just a little bit warmer for what I understand, yeah. yeah. So, but again, it, you know, it's AI working the good side of AI and that's where, again, Apple are being very clever and slow at the moment. They're not jumping the gun, they're not coming on board they're famous, of course, and not necessarily being first, but being best. So I think when they do really, really jump into I wouldn't it, go that far, away. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so is there any other tools that you're using, AI-based, on a regular uh, basis? No, but to, tools that I use, I mean, we're all using a, a lot of tools today, right, that have AI built in. Um, I don't know, it's becoming so such, such a, term that's sometimes overused right i've got a camera like a 4k camera uh, a webcam mm-hmm. that apparently has built-in ai but all is it all it is 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 facial facial recognition and 
fine. And gesture recognition. So it's, it's like, is that really AI or is it just, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I'm using it. Well, I am using it daily, clearly. If I'm editing a, uh, any <clears throat> audio, I'm using AI in help me get rid of the background yeah. noise that yeah. we discussed. So I think most days I'm using it in one way or another. I'm not relying on it, I don't think, but generally yeah. still using it. Yeah. So um, I thought also we should talk about your, well, leading on from your video about WWDC because it's now only, well, very near, isn't it? 18 days, I think I counted this morning until we get it. So it's coming very, very yeah. soon. Um, the big one, obviously, talking AI and AR mm. and VR is the headset, which almost looks now as a certainty that it's coming mm. at I w hope so. WDC. I hope so. Yeah. So will you, for the channel, will you be buying it? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, two years ago, I was like, "When is this thing gonna come out?" Um, mm -hmm. So, so there's definitely reasons, more reasons for me to be excited about it than not. Um, but and, and not just because it's Apple. I think, and I said that that in my, I will say that in my video. Well, I've already uploaded that one. I said that in my video. It's because I see this as the beginning of of you know, I've had enough of holding a device mm -hmm. you know, to do everything. Uh, you know, it'd be nice not to have to do that. Mm -hmm. So whatever Apple comes up with may not be perfect, but I think you'll be good, you know you'll probably start something that will eventually say right that's that's the future where we don't need to to use a rectangular bit of glass anymore. And what do you think you'll use it for? Because I'm I'm not I've never used AR VR. Mm. I mean I happen to have written a lot about it because my association with Marcus, who makes these amazing yeah. renders, but um, I've never been a user of AR. You've got the oculus no i don't I, this is the thing right in my video i also mentioned i'm excited for the augmented reality or mixed mm. reality aspect of it mm. i'm not so keen on the you know kind of almost like going fully virtual reality and and having an avatar in a world like metaverse or whatever i'm not really keen on that's that sort of that that work that side of things but um, augmented reality really excites me and that's how i would use it i would i I would envisage it, you know, as a, as a way of replacing my phone. Mm. So my notifications popping up, you know, me saying, you know, either via gestures or speaking to it to, to, to react to things, you know, having apps in there that I can, I can play games later if I wanted to or whatever. But yeah, it would eventually replace my, my phone. And something that came to me today that I've just written about today, funny enough, was where Apple are ahead of all of the competition again, and they're canny old foxes, they've got their services lined up. So when you think of AR particularly, you're mm -hmm. thinking of things consuming media. So movies, music, apps, they've got that infrastructure already in place. And, and I'm sure yeah. it's no mistake that they've been busy buying up live sports rights because, of course, to transfer, Marcus pointed me in the direction of that, how mm -hmm. easy it will be, it, yeah. as long as they have the right cameras up at the venue to take you in to the venue, yeah. sit courtside, and yeah. what better sports than baseball and football that are perfect for that kind of scenario? And basketball, yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that two years ago, if, if you watch my video, two years ago, that was exactly the use case I used. It's like one was driving, which I think is, mm. is another one to like, mm -hmm. have a heads-up display. Arguably, the car itself would have that. But um, the other one was live live events, right? Going to a concert, going to a sport event, you know, being anywhere just by wearing the glasses would be yeah. would be amazing. And I reckon you'll kind of be almost like, I, th I think early on the people that have bought the headsets be treated like VIP. So if there is a festival, 
or a concert, you'll get backstage access. You'll get to be in the changing room with the, you know, I'm sure they'll make you feel, they'll make the experience that's, so that's special. That's exactly, yeah. So I like that, that aspect. And, mm. and also, you know, if you are at the event in, in person, the experience would be enhanced by, by wearing the glasses. So you, for example, it might be, you know, something that you can see like the scores pop up or something. Yep. That, that's how I see it. Like, like you know, I've, I've read books, I've watched movies. We've all seen those sort of futuristic style uh, movies where I, what was the I think the first one that caught my attention was Minority Report yeah that, that had that sort of style of you know things in the air that you kind of interact with but in the real world mm. um, yeah I, that I look forward to but, but um, I'm not so keen on creating a cartoonish version of myself and playing in a in a, in a house that doesn't exist and yeah no there's a, an element to it that would excite me definitely. I love games don't get me wrong I, I, I love playing games but I'd I wouldn't yeah I'm more excited about the kind of interacting with the real world but yeah yeah absolutely and the fact if it could take us to courtsides you know into arenas into concerts that would just be amazing. Yeah. and of course movies as well you know the fact you could share play with somebody else and you're suddenly watching on a, a huge great screen you know yeah. the experience is going to be so immersive and that's I'm, I'm sure they're relying on the because services now is second only to iPhone for revenue for Apple. So they they are making uh, well they were they were uh, making more money off it than Boeing, mm. Nike, Intel just off their services division. They're making more money than the top five companies on the FTSE mm. 500. Mental, yeah. So you know, I mean, it's I'm excited as long as they keep. You know, as long as, you know, knowing Apple, right, they can go in so many different ways. But, you know, I would love for them to to be the Apple that I used to love, which is, you know, kind of Apple that that makes things simple. You know, as a, mm-hmm. as a human being, right, you don't want to be walking around with something that would feel unnatural mm. unless they're targeting you to, you know, to be using this product just at home. In that case, um um, I might not even, <laughs> might not even keep it. <laughs> but if you know, if it's something that you can literally use it as a, a pair of sunglasses and and not not feel you know cumbersome uh, wearing it, it'd be awesome. Uh, otherwise, this is this another like the Dyson headset, right? That we we, we saw recently. Yeah. It's like what yeah. the hell is that? Um, well, again, we were talking about where people's sort of livelihoods are going in the future. Something mm-hmm. else that came to mind this morning was workouts, gyms, the future of gyms. So, if the headset turned out to be ergonomically designed that you can wear it working out. So say you're doing an Apple fitness workout, presumably mm. now you'll be in the Santa Monica studios with the trainers. Or I was thinking, what if it's the depths of winter here? You could go running in a beautiful woodland, <laughs> or, you know, a beautiful spring day somewhere in the world. I mean, uh, uh, yeah. it's just, again, it's, it's, I'm sure we're beginning now to see what the future is going to be with that headset and how good they can make the experience. Yeah, that'll be awesome. I mean, that that's exactly um, how, how I, how I see, you know, having those sort of human-like mm. real-world interactions. But, um, yeah. We could have guests in our studio with us. Uh, it's the price though, isn't it? Is it, is it <laughs> oh, 3,000 or 4,000 people are saying now? It's like, geez. Yeah, uh, it's top dollar. It's not going to be accessible for a couple of years, I don't think, until... No, I mean, I know they're talking already about making a more affordable version on the back of it, but nonetheless, <laughs> yeah, three grand. I mean, I won't be getting it. I can't see it. <laughs> I'm yeah. almost at my point to get... I'm, Nearly going to get a payout from YouTube. I've nearly earned my first sixty pounds. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's, not, it's not something you just have lying around. Is it? like you, can, you can buy a car for that money. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it's quite exactly. it's quite a big investment. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm hopeful for it. 
But um, yeah. I, I won't hold my breath because you know, Apple have disappointed me so many times now that I'm kind of, you know, if, if it comes and it's, it, it surpasses my expectations, awesome. I'll be right behind it. If it doesn't, then um, yeah, it's just going to be another, <laughs> and I another think one you, to moan at. And I think you touched on the 15-inch MacBook Air as well. That's something I will pick up. Um, yeah. They do release that. I think that could be, because I've enjoyed using, I've fallen back in love with my, it's just in front of me now, actually, my M2 MacBook Air. I really started to use that heavily again now. Mm. I forgot just how good and competent it is for everything except for the really it's, heavy work. Yeah, it yeah. does everything. Yeah, that, again, a little bit extra screen size, I'd love so. And I, I think this would still fetch good money. So I'd sell that on and, and buy the 15-inch version. Of that. And the Beats yeah. headphones that came out yesterday, they're not available here in the UK yet. I want to get my hands on those. Hmm. The transparent ones. Yeah. With with a Macca, I, w- I would only get it if it's the M3. If yeah. it's just the M2, just a bigger screen, um, I, I said that on my videos, like, okay, it's, it would be nice. But if you already have an, even if you already have an M1, I would be, I would struggle to to find a reason to get an M2 15 inch mm, mm. because the M3 must be closed, right? And yeah. buy an M2 now, you may as well, I'd, I'd say, wait. Unless you've got nothing and if that's your first one, fair enough. But um, yeah, it's just a, a slightly bigger screen. So yeah, I, would, I would wait for the M3 15 inch. That, that would be Yeah, and I would great. think they're going to start, probably from what you're seeing, they're going to start running the M3s out in, later in the autumn, aren't they, after guessing after the iPhone event they'll have something then yeah maybe so, with uh, what was it three nanometer cheap or something that's what right. was the next yeah so that's yeah, what we want to see the, that really massive you know, advanced step forward yeah, yeah but I mean again I know you're like me you've got the M1 Max you wouldn't think about trading on, on your main workhorse yet would you no it's, it started to clog up a little bit I don't know what it <laughs> you've is you've broken uh, it <laughs> no well it's it, I'm, I'm, it's conspiracy theories right but whenever there's a new product coming out this I always find I get more beach balls than normal, and yeah, it's oh, fun. Honestly, it's it's an amazing machine. I can I, I can see your watch there. My watch in the last two weeks, mm. uh, it's a Series Nine, so it's not even a year old. I could normally get a day and a half out of it. Now, when I wake up in the morning, it's flashing red at me. Something has changed. I swear by it. Something has changed. It does. It barely gets through a day now. I'm still in the same amount of tracking. It's not like I've suddenly upped how much I'm using it. Yeah, but it's. It's not lasting properly. Out of all products I've I've got from Apple, the the Apple Watch Ultra has been the worst from a battery consistency. Some days or some weeks, it will go for like three days, mm-hmm. and yeah, uh, um, I've been exercising more now. And whether I'm going to the gym or not, it, it's the same thing. It's just very inconsistent. Mm-hmm. I am tracking a lot, though. I'm tracking my sleep and obviously um, everything. Mm-hmm. And I, so I, I wear it a lot, but um. When it, when it first came out, it was lasting three days easy. Now it's, mm. yeah, some, some days, like some weeks is like one, one and a half days. Yeah. That, well, it's sort all of pro rata. That's what I'm fine with this. That used to be, because everyone was saying it was a day. Well, I was getting a day and a half out of it easily. Mm. Whereas I say now, it's on its last dregs by the time I wake up. And yes, I am wearing it through the night to track sleep and so on. But mm. that's exactly how it was before. Yeah. It just seems to got worse rapidly. Mm. Um so I think we kind of covered a... Oh, we were going to briefly talk about... We may, actually, we can leave that for next time. We can talk about thumbnails and titles, how they work together. I think that'd be a good intro to come in oh, yeah. next yeah. time. I don't know if we've got a couple of people in mind that we might be talking to to try and bring on the next one. Mm-hmm. But it's been a long time since it's been just you and me, so it's been fun yeah. having a ramble again. Um, and there was one of... Oh, yeah, it's sort of the um, expo season coming to London. Uh, next week, I know I mentioned it to you and you might be able to join me. Yeah. If any of you... Uh, 
because this will be out just before it. The London Podcast Show is happening in Islington in London next week. Um, tickets are available. You can find them on Twitter. That's why I found out about them. I'm going to be on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of heavy hitters there. Um, the CEO of YouTube UK is there. Sony are there. Podbean are there. Um, going off the top of head, James O'Brien from LBC is there. Emily Maitlis, former Newsnight presenter, she's there. There's, there's everybody and a load of trade stores. Mackie are there and okay. our host Riverside are there. It's a big event. So nice. that's coming up next week for two days, Wednesday and Thursday. And Riverside have uh, kindly invited me to go for a little bun fight afterwards over at their bar. So I'm mm-hmm. going to head there. Lovely. And uh, if you're interested in Adobe, um, the I didn't know that we've got our very own Adobe Max in the UK as well. Oh. Uh, and you'll be able to get to that if you go to your creative cloud you'll see a little red dot up there I applied to it yesterday and I'm going it's only one day uh, somewhere in East London that's in June a Wednesday in June so if you want to apply I'll see you there I'm going for that one as well amazing yeah. so it's a couple of good um, interesting and again I'm sure Adobe's going to be AI through and through but oh I yeah, yeah. They're, doing, be, they're doing some great stuff on, especially on audio yeah yeah, really good so, and, and Photoshop oh my gosh Photoshop, oh, Photoshop the AI yeah. stuff they're doing there is great yeah yeah, I know it's so powerful because you, you use Photoshop for your thumbnails. Yeah, don't all you? my thumbnails. Yeah. yeah, I sometimes add a little bit of a, a you know a tiny bit of an element like a price tag or something that I can't create myself because no skills. <laughs> um, I'll then go use Canva, but I, I start my work in Photoshop. Yeah. Mm. No, I'm oh, li- Lightroom first. Yeah, the, the that's shop. right. Yeah. yeah, Lightroom, Photoshop, cover yeah. it up. Yeah, exactly. We've got the same workflow. How about that? <laughs> Top man. Okay. I think we've covered just about everything we wanted to on this one. Um, if there's anything you'd like, actually following from what Alex said earlier on, if there's anything you'd like us to chat about in future episodes, let us know. Let us um, know. And get, and get us or any guests. Any guests any guests that guests? you suggest what we want to talk to. Yes. Yeah, we can We will we reach, can out. reach out. None, out. None are too big. We will go and fill them all, I promise you. Exactly. And also, we've never mentioned, if you want to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, apparently that really helps us get on the rankings and stuff because the audio podcast seems really really popular so um, if you're enjoying the podcast and the work that we're putting into it just leave us a review and uh, uh, hopefully a five star rating would be excellent if it's a one star probably don't bother but <laughs> oh, <the laughs> if you more, feel generous with your star ratings yes. click yeah. high um, but yeah if, uh, just thank you for listening we really appreciate you listening and watching so Alex I might see you at the podcast show next week and if yeah. not I think it's also getting the time that um, I get back up to your studio again and we do one of these in person yeah that'll be awesome mate. Yeah. yeah cool my friend take Love it easy you. I'll see you very soon. I'll see you.